Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Giants Wire editor, Dan Benton. You've talked about you seeing progress and, you know, there's obviously some mistakes and penalties and things like that. But if that gets eliminated, do you see this as a group that's going to start winning games? Yeah, well, I think the, the first thing is just you've got to eliminate the mistakes, give yourself a chance to win, Tom. So within that sense, the question you asked, yeah, we have to start doing things in that position, eliminating these mistakes to reap the rewards of our hard work. Uh, but I see this team, you know, making a lot of progress. I see being close, obviously, in a lot of situations. Close isn't good enough in this business. We've got to keep pushing forward and get the results that we're working for. But it starts with limiting those mistakes. So, Dan, there's, there's a reason why we're playing this clip from Joe Judge from way back after a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where the Giants played well but lost and fell to 1-7 on the season. You asked me to play that clip. You tell me why. Well, it's just, it's sort of amazing in hindsight. And, you know, as we were preparing for this week, uh, preparing for the podcast, preparing for, you know, practice and, and, and the game against the Seahawks, it, it popped back up on my Twitter feed. And it's just sort of an amazing clip to listen to uh, going back exactly one month ago today. That was Judge's comment. The Giants, like you said, were one and seven at the time. Fans, pundits, experts, critics, you know, we're all kind of just brushing it off at that point. Like, okay, we've we've heard this for eight weeks now, and these Giants are still the same. And I remember writing an article at the time saying that there's significance behind this quote specifically, because if you're willing to look past the mistakes, you can actually see the growth of the team. And it's sort of fortuitous in a way that we fast forward now, and the Giants remarkably, almost comically in a way, are first place in the NFC East and now control their own destiny. How about that? How about it's amazing. that? Yeah, no, first place. They're the first place New York Giants at the playoffs started today. They'd be the number four seed in the NFC and hosting <laughs> in the first round. That's where we're at. And I think we can we could talk about the uh, the race. We're going to be talking about that for the rest of the season. That's fun, Dan. That's all we asked for. That's all we wanted. That- that's it. We're playing meaningful December football after a one and seven start when really no one, no, I shouldn't say no one, but not many believe that this team was capable of it. And, and like I said, listening back to that clip, because I remember thinking after that game, this team was really close. And here we are. We're playing. And this is what John Mara said before the season, what he wanted to see above all else. The one thing that would prevent not necessarily a complete blow up again because they, you know, the Giants owner said they wouldn't do that. But one thing that could save Daniel Jones's job, that could save Dave Gettleman's job, that could save, you know, uh, Kevin Abrams' job was the team had to compete in December. And no matter what happens this weekend against Seattle, we will go into mid-December with the New York Giants competing for a playoff spot. And that's a beautiful thing. And I would love to actually go back to the podcast when we we did that show after the Tampa Bay game to kind of see where we were at at one and seven. And I know you had just had all this positivity and I was kind of giving you crap. Like I'm like, Dan, they're one and seven. Joe, <laughs> Joe judges. He's just saying the same thing over and over. Daniel Jones is terrible. Look at his stats. Like, what are you talking about? But you, you have always had the positivity. You have been the one arguing with diehard giants fans on Twitter who say, no, Dan, they're done. What are you talking about? Stop it. Stop playing games with my heart. You're in the in the trenches on Twitter arguing with the diehard Giants fans, right, who who want to tell you that it's over, that we got to move on from Daniel Jones. And you said, no, 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 you wait. 
you wait. It's too early. It's not Daniel Jones's fault. This team is going to get better. You just wait and see. I believe in Joe Judge. And boy, were you right. And from that point to this point, it has, and as you wrote, it's been a completely transformed product, right? This is a different team that we're seeing on the field. It's a more confident, more put together. It just looks like a football team now where it was just a complete bleep show before. Yeah. What do you what do you think yeah. is responsible for that? Like, what do you think has been the source of that transformation all of a sudden? Well, these guys bought in. They bought in on what Joe Judge was selling, and I think that was the biggest thing. And I I don't necessarily believe that they weren't buying in initially, but you have a culture of losing. This team has been really bad for a decade, and that sort of stuff carries over. You saw it go uh, from Ben McAdoo uh, into Pat Shermer, and then obviously early again this season. But Judge kept hammering away. He was consistent, and he was confident. He believed in what it was that he was selling that team, and he was true to the team, to the players, to himself. He was honest, and uh, they eventually bought in. And you saw each week they were getting a little closer, a little closer, a little closer, fixing these mistakes, not making the same mistakes over again. And you just kind of knew that eventually it was all going to click. Now, what I didn't expect is after that Tampa Bay game, for everything to suddenly click. And listen, their offense isn't blowing people out of the water by any stretch of the imagination. They're obviously still lacking depth across the board. But what Judge has been able to do is get the most out of every player on his team. And, you know, that's a sign of a great coach because – if you're not getting everything out of 1-53 to 53 and the practice squad, then you're obviously leaving too much on the field. And I think what we saw against Cincinnati was a real turning point. Now, people will look at that game and be like, boy, the Giants really won that one ugly. They dominated in almost every statistical facet and still somehow almost managed the game, uh, managed to lose the game. I, I think it's a focal point, a turning point for this organization because you look back and you look through those first eight games of the season, and those were games that the Giants, as we've said, as you've heard me say a million times they were creatively finding ways to lose the Giants now are finding ways to win and that becomes extremely infectious how many games would the Giants have won after a kick return touchdown or whatever like none right right? that's how they lose games you're right that's how they're winning and we talk about Daniel Jones and how important is he we might have to find out how important he is we might have to find out let's do that here on the other side we'll hear from the huddle.com fantasy plays of the week and then we'll talk about Daniel Jones in this injury situation we might see a little bit more of Colt McCoy which might not be a great thing for Giants fans. Let's talk about that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk strong plays for Week 13 of the fantasy football season. Quarterback Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cousins has really picked up his play of late, and he gets a star receiver Adam Thielen back in the lineup after one week off due to COVID-19. Only the Dallas Cowboys have given up more passing touchdowns in 2020 than the Jaguars. Jacksonville is hardly a threat to pick off a pass, and the yardage against them is fifth in the NFL. Factor in Dalvin Cook, and Jacksonville's defense will be spread too thin. New England Patriots running back Damian Harris at the Los Angeles Chargers. All seven rushing touchdowns against the Bolts have come since week seven, and the position has yielded seven different performances of at least 60 yards in that time. There have been eight double-digit PPR efforts over that period as well, and Harris has a chance to rebound after a couple of weeks with lukewarm results. New York Jets wide receiver Brashad Perriman versus the Las Vegas Raiders. In Perriman's last five games, scattered over seven weeks thanks to injuries and a bye, the well-traveled veteran has generated at least 10.2 PPR points four times. 
since Week 9's breakout game against the Pats, Perriman has produced with both Joe Flacco and Sam Darnold at quarterback. Las Vegas has given up a wide receiver touchdown every 12.3 completions, and just 10 teams have given up more yards to the position in 2020. And at tight end, Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll pick on the Jaguars one more time. As mentioned, Thielen returns to balance out this offense. The matchup is a major plus as well, and the Jaguars have granted tight ends four touchdowns in the last five games. The volume has been low, which, unlike Week 12 for Rudolph, has been the norm all season long. And that's fine. You're only playing him as a flyer to get into the end zone, and he can be used as a stack with Kirk Cousins in redraft and DFS action in Week 13. All right, Dan, we all saw it midway through the third quarter against the Bengals. Daniel Jones uh, goes down. He, you can tell he's uh, something's bothering him. He ends up going down and, and holding the back of his leg, which we all know is a hamstring, and, and the Giants have confirmed that it, that it is a hamstring. Now, I know there's been reports, and they got an MRI, and it's not necessarily a very serious hamstring injury, but a hamstring injury is not good. And Joe Judge came out and said, look, we're going to have to see how he practices. Can he move? Can he make it worse if he plays on it, right? He said all these things. And a hamstring is one of those things where you can make it worse if you play on it. So I think it's a really, it's a, it, it feels like a long shot. I don't know if you have any insight here. Maybe you've heard something. But for me, it's like, I think it's it's a long shot that we're going to see Daniel Jones play in this ballgame coming up. And when you're in a race for the NFC East Championship with the number four seed, Dan, like the Giants <laughs> are, every game is super important. Yep. And, you know, I know, you know, this is going to be a very tough one coming up and we're going to talk about it. But what do you think about Daniel Jones's injury? How serious it is? And his chances, does he have any chance of playing this week? I would call it an extreme outside chance. I I just don't see, even if he manages to get through practice, and the the intent today is they return to the field um, for their first full practice of the week, and the intent is to have Daniel Jones work with the trainers on the side. He's not going to get any first-team reps as far as I understand it. Uh, Actually, we just got off the conference call with Joe Judge right before we did this podcast, and uh, that's basically what he said. He's going to work on the side. They're going to see how he feels, see how he moves. Obviously, like you said, um, there's some reports that the MRI came back and it's not as severe as some had feared but the tricky thing with hamstring injuries is the you know major level of uncertainty every player is different every hamstring is different all it could do is take one bad step and it goes from a minor injury to a serious injury really quick and the giants do have okay it's almost surreal to say this the giants do have a week of luxury when it comes to their divisional you know their their divisional rivals and their schedules nobody in the nfc east has a walkaway game this week it's very possible that all four teams lose and we kind of just reset so with that in mind, I mean, if it were me, it was my decision. The Giants are now in first place. You're fighting for a playoff spot. There's no use in risking Daniel Jones at this point with your, you know, your main three rivals in the division having very, very difficult games of their own. So for me, I would sit them. We kind of had the Seattle game chalked up as a loss. We did. For the this Giants is a, anyway. a scheduled loss, right, with, with Seattle. Yeah. I was going to say that, yeah. And granted, you know, they, they Seattle has not played wonderful over their last six games particularly their last three games and had daniel jones been playing i might have gone into it thinking to myself you know the giants actually have a better opportunity to win this game than i would have initially thought with colt mccoy with no disrespect to colt mccoy but let's just be honest with ourselves that you know the, the odds of a victory here and upset decrease substantially unless you know unless seattle somehow overlooks the giants and creates their own version of a trap game but i don't i don't envision that happening so i guess if daniel jones was going to get injured at any point and miss a game this is probably the best case scenario for the giants we mapped out the path i'm sure the giants have that path right on their uh, locker room wall 
Dan. They, <laughs> they see our path here on the podcast, and they know that this was a loss, so they can they can rest Daniel Jones if he's banged up. And if it really is a mild hamstring, I think it's realistic that he could come back in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. But for him to come back and play against Seattle this week on a bulky hamstring is just not realistic. It's just not. It's just, you know, if anyone who's ever dealt with a hamstring injury knows, that's a very painful and difficult injury to have. There's just no way he's going to just shake off a hamstring injury. That's just, it's not a cramp. That's yeah. that's a bad one. Like I, I said to some uh, to some fans, some people I talked to on the site, even my own writers, you know, I reminded them, them, you know, Tay Crowder, the rookie linebacker, just had a hamstring injury. It took him five weeks to come back from that. And again, you, you can't compare one to one because every hamstring is different. But if you watch Jones come back into the game on Sunday and attempt to throw, it, it's very clear that he's a ways off from being able to do that again. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, this is a weird year. Uh, for every team, you can't really get too down about any specific injury because let's just be realistic. Whether it's COVID, whether it's injuries, big-time players are getting wiped out across the board and teams are being forced to play in you know unfavorable situations. If they could somehow come away with a major upset victory here, hey, listen, that's icing on the cake at this point. But uh, I don't think anybody who's anybody who's looking at this game in the first place and circling the Giants uh, for a victory, even as well as they played recently. Listen to me a month ago, I probably would have said, man, I want to see somebody else play quarterback instead of Daniel Jones and now I'm like oh we need Daniel Jones we yep. need him because that's where we're at we're, we're now battling for playoff positioning and it's fun it's great and, well, speaking and of I, that, I think okay. I actually do think that that's possibly a, a good thing like kind of a, like a not necessarily a learning curve but a reality check uh, for a lot of the fans who are like get him out of there Let's get Colt McCoy in there and see what he can do. All right, well, now you're going. Chuck. Yeah, man, it might not be pretty. No. I think, and, I, and I think the good thing about that is now that I'm starting to believe in Daniel Jones, I'm starting to come around to team Danny Dimes that you've been the captain <laughs> of, and I'm starting to come along. And if you're going to do that, Dan, if you're going to get that number four seed and screw up your draft position and go from the top 10, you're going to give up 10 to 12 spots, whatever it is, in the draft to play that playoff game. You better know you have your quarterback because you're going to get out of a position where you could draft one of the top guys. So we better believe in Daniel Jones if we're going wholeheartedly after this number four seed. And I think we definitely are. We're definitely going for it. What, what I love the most is that the playoffs were to start after this afternoon's game. The Giants would go head-to-head with the Rams, who they really very nearly beat earlier this season a beat when, they were a much, yep. when they were a much worse team than they are right now. No, that's a that's a good matchup. I think all these teams have been jostling for position for that number five seed, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of had the inside track. Now they keep losing. Right. Everybody wants the number five seed in the NFC so they can play whatever whatever team ends up winning the NFC East in, <laughs> is a number four. But let's take a deeper dive into exactly where these teams are at. There was an interesting post on the Giants Wire about the uh, bet MGA odds on who's going to win the division and I don't know some of the, some of the results there wasn't what I would have thought let's talk about that coming up next it's that time again for the line of the week the inside track to the favorites the underdogs and the over-unders I think I want my money back now here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. We're breaking down the Monday night football game between the San Francisco 49ers and Buffalo Bills. The 49ers come in as two-and-a-half-point underdogs as the official home team in this. They have minus 106 odds. The Bills, minus 115 odds to win by a minimum of three points. Jeff, do the Bills continue to roll through 2020 or are the 49ers back on track? 
Oh, for sure. I'm on the Bills to win by more than a field goal here. Josh Allen could stretch the 49ers defense more so than Jared Goff could last week. And I think this Bills defense is trending up and it's going to do a good job against the 49ers rush and make Nick Mullins beat them in the air. I think the 49ers are back on track. That They're getting healthy. The, the running game looking strong. The defense coming on as well. Kyle Shanahan's squad fighting for a playoff spot. I think they make it back-to-back and beat the Bills. Back the 49ers, plus 2.5. So as we've been saying, Dan, the New York football giants are 4-7 and seven atop the NFC East. They're actually tied with the Washington football team, who are also 4-7 and seven after beating down the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Uh, but those teams, obviously the Giants have the head-to-head tiebreaker against Washington because for a while, that was the only team they could beat. Yeah. They've, they've now proven they can beat other teams. Uh, but BetMGM has the Giants, Washington football team, and Eagles all with equal odds to win the division at plus, 20, uh, plus 220. The Cowboys are a distant fourth at plus 500. And I think, as we talked about last week, even with the loss to Washington, the Cowboys, and now, yes, they're hampered. Like, that's, that was a bad loss for them in, yeah, their, in their quest to win the NFC East. That was a tough one for them, and I think they're that going was the for biggest, it. That, honestly, that was the biggest game of the week for the Giants. Yeah, right no, that was, that, was, that was a nice Thanksgiving uh, meal for the Giants to, to munch on that thing. The Cowboys still have the schedule, right? I don't, yeah. I don't think they, they're not done yet, Dan. I know you agree with me on here. They I still did. play the Giants. They still play the Eagles. They head to Baltimore, which is kind of a mess. They play Cincinnati as well, who you know who the Giants know don't have a quarterback, and really they're a, a team you should beat. They yeah. come home and play the 49ers, and I'm I'm sorry, the Giants. Their next four games are are against winning teams, and we need Daniel Jones to be back. We need him to be healthy if he's gonna if we're gonna complete this uh this path. I mean, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore before closing out at home against the Cowboys. That's not an easy stretch for the Giants. We've been no. talking about it, so. Although BetMGM's odds do have the Giants in the driver's seat there, I don't know. I feel like the Cowboys are still alive, and so is Washington, even though their schedule is kind of tough. And I think the Eagles have no shot. I don't know why they're up there so high, but what do you think? I, I agree with you. I was hoping you were going to say that because that was my thought, too. When we, no, the we, Eagles uh, might not win again. Right. When we pulled those odds and I saw the Eagles up there, I'm like, how in the world did they come to that conclusion? The Eagles are a horrendous football team. That was ugly the they're other night, wasn't it? <laughs> terrible. They're not going – I agree with you. I don't think they're going to win again. You know, the Cowboys, yeah, they're kind of a rough team. They're, they're a hard team to figure out, even with all the injuries and everything else over there uh they're kind of they're kind of a difficult team to figure out it's kind of a flip of a coin with them every time they take the field um, i kind of understand washington's odds just because they have the most experienced well-established quarterback in the division and granted their schedule is not nearly as easy as the cowboys but it's it's not you know it's not a murderer's row so i, I do kind of understand those odds and i could actually i could see washington winning this division the Cowboys, like I said, flip a coin. The Eagles, just, they're, they're done. They're done. But, yeah, the odds were a little unexpected, to, to say the least. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I, why are the Eagles up there? Is it because of the tie? It must be. I mean, I really think that's the only thing they have going for them because if it, if it shook out, you know, in, in a certain way, that they have that half-game advantage over the other teams, which, you know, it, it could also hurt them, but more, more likely than not, if it, if it came down to it and, you know, they won the division by half-game, you know, then, then great. But 
But still, I mean, if you're an odds maker and your job is to make money and not lose money, I, I don't know that I would have given them those odds. Speaking of odds, the Giants opened as seven and a half point underdogs against Seattle. It's now ballooned up to ten. ten. It's going to be up in the yeah. It's going to be up in the double digits because I think it's because of the Colt McCoy factor, obviously. Yep. And the Seahawks, I don't know. A miracle win for the Giants here just doesn't seem like it's in the cards, Dan, as we've been talking about. The Seahawks, although we ta- we've been talking about their terrible defense, and it is pretty bad, it's actually been getting a little bit better. A little bit better. Yep, their last three games, uh, Rams, Cardinals, Eagles, the most they've allowed is 23 points in a game. Right. So they have been playing a little bit better. Speaking of the path, do you see any path to victory for the Giants in this one, or is it just one like stay healthy, don't die, well, you know, don't lose anyone key? Like, what do you think? Uh, it's interesting because last week when you were talking about your um, – your survivor pool and I didn't didn't do it I went with the Dolphins by the way right and we were talking about the Giants and the line and and the close games and I said you know the Giants historically play down to the level of their opponents and, and they did but on the other end of that the Giants also play up to the level of their competition throughout history the McCoy factor is obviously sort of the wild card here but I do see a scenario in which this game is potentially close. And while Seattle's defense is getting better, their offense has actually been playing worse. And that's, you know, that's not an indictment of Russell Wilson, who is just unbelievable at this point. Uh, but they do sort of lack some playmakers. I mean, Chris, Chris Carson, the running back, he's quality guy. He's almost five yards a clip. Uh, but the Giants are great against the run, especially on the, on the inside. The, the guy they really need to focus on and take out of the game is DK Metcalf, period. Like, Good luck. You know, Yeah, that's what I mean. Good luck. But, you know, now remember a few weeks ago, and I can't remember off the top of my head who they were playing, but I had suggested that the Giants take a page out of Bill Belichick's book, and they actually put Bradbury on, on wide receiver number two, and then they double Metcalf with their second quarterback safety, keep a, a linebacker underneath, what have you. I would expect to see something similar to that. I mean, still, again, good, good luck stopping this guy. But I could see them trying to play with that uh, defensive philosophy again, taking away the run and uh, really forcing other players to uh, to uh, beat them. And if, if they're able to do that, and, and again, there's, there's far from any kind of guarantee that they'll be able to stop Metcalf. But if they can slow him down and they can prevent him from taking over the game, um, I think the defense – outside of that could play well enough uh, to keep the Giants somewhat competitive in this game. And we could see it end up, you know, similar to every other Giants game this season with the exception of the 49ers game where it really does come down to the end. I think they just got to activate your guy, Eli Penny, and maybe they'll have a chance. Eli, man, did you see some of the blocks he was laying against you the You love Bengals? him. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry I, to notice him because of you. I, I, lo- I love Eli. That dude is making plays every single time he steps on the field. Yeah, we need, some, we, we need an unsung hero if we're going to have a chance against the Seahawks. Yeah. We need something. Uh, Maybe Eli Penny will be the guy. Eli, yeah, I love Eli Penny. He's like Dance guy. Dance guy. I love it. Hey, man, have a great week, all right? You too, buddy. I appreciate it. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.